All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me, well, usually I would say always, but it has, there have been a few gaps in here. Uh, welcome, Jen Weibor Hart, uh, newly betrothed. Hi, Jen. Hi, Adam. Have you been on the show since your wedding? No, I just missed last week. Because we were in the mountains. Oh well, okay. <laughs> I thought it was like a long time. Wow. Like a long time. <laughs> yeah, right. it okay. seems like a long time. <clears throat> All right, and welcome back to the show. A really special guest of ours, somebody that we absolutely love and adore, Michelle Dugan. Hey, Dugan. Hi, y'all. Thank you for having me back again. Of course, and uh, we should probably tell our audience that are new to the show, or certainly new to you, that. Uh, you hail all the way from Mississippi. Yep. And uh, some of the things that we love chatting about with you on the show are some of the iconic differences between the people who do business <laughs> in LA or New York or even Atlanta versus what goes on in Mississippi. And you and I actually had a really long chat about this not too long ago because we were talking about our friend Don Blaze. Yeah, um, and we we love Don. Uh, actually, Jen, we should get Don on the show because, as Mississippi goes, he is a unique character and yep. a badass producer. He does uh, loans in a pretty significant volume, particularly for where he's located. Um, so yeah, we'll work on that. Um, but uh, that wasn't that long ago. And obviously, before we went live here, we were talking about this crazy mass exodus of loan originators out of the business and how we all expected there to be a smaller pie, but bigger pieces for those of us that have been doing it a long time and have seen other cycles and downturns and so on and so forth, which is... Uh, certainly a very big deal, but I guess we didn't expect the numbers to be the way that they are. We didn't expect for all of the remaining licensed mortgage loan originators on the planet to be so busy now. I, I think if we looked at it over the last two years, not even two years now, more than half have left the industry. Yeah, that's and there that's weren't that many to begin with. I know. I mean, right. I think that we definitely saw the numbers increase substantially during, you know, 2021 20, 20, and end of 2020. So, I mean, I'm assuming that a lot that are leaving are probably those that never really got a strong foothold and they were just taking, you know, the low hanging fruit during those times. But, um, but there's definitely some names that are, you know, starting to drop off and it's kind of a, it's kind of a shock to see, um, you know, the people that are deciding to get out and, kind of sad. I hate it. I hate it for them. But um, I think it's just a sign of the times in the industry. And it's not the first time that we've seen it, unfortunately. Certainly. Although this is something I hadn't heard before through some of these downward trends. And this actually came from a colleague of ours, although I'll let him remain nameless. It is very difficult right now for an exiting loan originator, apparently, for an exiting loan originator to get a job elsewhere because these employers are afraid that when the mortgage industry improves, they're going to go back to it. Interesting. And employers are looking for a more long-term commitment than that. Right. Uh, whatever the cycle happens to be. And I don't think it'll be all that long. But yeah, that it's been difficult for them to get other employment outside of the mortgage industry. 
because the employers are fearful that, you know, we're going to employ you for six months, a year, and then rates are going to go down, whatever the case may be. And you're going to ditch us and go back to your mortgage originating job. Right. And I mean, I think it's a valid point and I hate to say that, but I do think that for the people that are hiring, you know, loan originators trying to do something else right now, I think it's a very valid point because, you know, to get back into it once you've already been in it is not all that difficult. And, you know, they they come back for a reason. One, because they either love the industry and um, want to stay busy. And then also most of them, you know, most of us that are in the industry, like, you know, the income that's associated with the work that we put in. So <laughs> well, we used to be <laughs> Well, true. right now. We're definitely just loving it for uh, the work. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who I had this conversation with recently. So I hope I'm not embarrassing one of our listeners, but somebody said, if we were actually getting paid now commensurate with the amount of work we're having to put in, we don't retire. Right. <laughs> true. It true. And it's funny because, yeah. you know, we talk about the fact that yes, there are a ton of mortgage applications. There's never a shortage of people that want to borrow money. Right. Just who and why that changes. Right. Yeah. And if we've positioned ourselves properly, then fine. We can make sure that our audiences are filtered to people that when making application could get a loan. But right. you'll still see a deal where it's, you know, 20% down, an 800 borrower, a 12 DTI, a W2 gig, on and on. And then there's something fucked up with the appraisal. Yes. Or something yep. perfect. It, it is just that goes without fail that every transaction is going to be difficult these days for one reason or another. But let's focus on some things that our audience probably does want to hear because you are staying busy. Yes. Now, granted, you've been doing this for a long time. So there is a toehold, as you put it, in your audience, in your client database, in your referral partners, so on and so forth. But what are the kinds of things that you're doing these days to ensure that you're remaining busy? What kinds of things are generating those applications? Are we seeing a lot of purchase? I assume we're still seeing, I know our office is still seeing quite a bit of debt consolidation, a ton of HELOCs because credit cards went through the roof. Um, We're still seeing quite a bit in the way of reverse mortgages, inflation just crushing people on a fixed income, those kinds of things. So what are Michelle's activities that are COVID aside. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For those Doesn't of you really that yeah, yep, Michelle yep. did share with us that this is her first day in the <laughs> office in a little while because she got sick and then she got sick. Um, so what kinds of things are you doing in your day to day right now? Yeah. I mean, honestly, to me, like we're sticking with a lot of the basics, um, you know, and not we're not like upping advertising we're not going after new realtors or anything like that we're just honestly just sticking with the basics um touching base with our our database that we've already got there a little bit more in depth than we had time to do over the last couple of years that's Um, huge listen up people that's a big one yeah and we um we still we still do a lot of handwritten cards Um, that we send out to our database just because everybody gets so much email these days. So much can get filtered in through spam and get missed. And so, but most everybody's going to open up a letter that shows up with their name on it in their mailbox. And so we're still doing a lot of handwritten stuff um, right now. In fact, we've actually increased it a little bit. We've always had that as a part of our loan process at different stages of 
um, the application process and, you know, post-closing and whatnot, but we've really upped it um, more. So instead of just simply reaching out to clients, referral partners, things like that, we've, you know, we've upped it to where if I meet somebody and we have a really great conversation, but they're in a different industry, just sending out those, you know, it's, it's really just the basics. Um, and I feel like it right now, that's, kind of what you have to do. You know, it's so easy when things are really busy to just wait for the phone to ring or put all of your effort into one avenue. But people that have been in this industry and that are um, surviving right now and th even thriving right now, um, I think a lot of them are the people that have been in a long time. And the longer that you're in it, yes, you have to adapt and, you know, take on new strategies and things like that. But the people that have also been in a long time, they know what works consistently, like literally decade after decade. And um, so for us, that's kind of what we're focusing on. Just a lot of the basics, the, the simple stuff. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, stuff isn't hard and tricky and all that. Um, you know, we're it's definitely. Work. You got to work hard. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. And I think that there's a, you know, speaking of an exodus in the industry, I think there's a lot of people that didn't realize how hard you actually do have to work when it's not um, a crazy abnormal market. It is a tough job. It's yeah. funny because a good friend of ours and uh, who recently passed once asked me, uh, this was years ago after speaking at a conference in Las Vegas, which we also just talked about, um, but he asked me, what's the one thing you would tell someone to get where you're at? And I said, just work hard for 20 years. That was <laughs> right. it. That was the only piece of advice I really had. If we're going to nail it down to one thing, work yep. hard for 20 years. Um, it's also really yep. funny because a really good friend of ours, I know a very, very good friend of yours, uh, once said to me, I was uh, at a conference in California and she was a loan originator at the time, although no longer is. She said that she got anxious when the phone rang. And I said, I get anxious when the phone doesn't ring. And yeah. if it doesn't ring, I'm going to pick it up and make it ring somewhere else. Yeah. And of course, that, uh, you know, similar circle that we're running in, it was actually Brian Stevens who uh, put it out there. Yeah, pick up the phone. Yep. There's money at the other end of that line. That's right. Absolutely. And if it's not calling you. You can call it. <laughs> right. So are you writing these cards yourself? Are you writing your handwritten some of notes them. yourself? So uh, uh, funny that you say that. Um, so yes, some of them I am writing myself. Um, we, I will admit, we do have a service that helps to, uh, um, I guess, increase efficiency time-wise in our process. So it is still taking over for a lot of the in-process um, letters that are going out. But for you know, the personal people, like the people that I'm meeting locally and, um, you know, just friends that I want to follow up with, things like that. Those are all getting handwritten personally in the office. Okay. Um, just because that, like I said, I still, I still love to handwrite a letter, but to do it for every single stage of our process where we do send them out, it's unfortunately time-wise, it's difficult. Oh, to on do that. every loan? So, yeah. Oh yeah. There'd be no way my hand would cramp and fall off. Right. Um, not <laughs> And, and truth be told, most of the time, you've met my team, most of the time it's yeah. Mindy uh, right, handwriting stuff for me. Uh, I would love to get Erica to do it because her handwriting looks a lot like <laughs> mine, but she hates it. Uh, so that's the end of that. That's the, it's a hard no from Erica. 
Um, But yeah, um, I do get it. And I do think that there is a lot of value in that legitimate personal touch Mm -hmm. Um, when it's a handwritten specific to an individual, when it's a phone call specific to an individual. uh, I don't know if you caught it in the past week or two, but another good friend of ours, Lindsay in California, and obviously she and I are really tight. Our businesses are very symbiotic, those kinds of things, even right down to the name, right? The care finance group (laughs) and the core finance group. We share a lot with each other. Uh, She had been recently doing a personal touch text campaign as well that she was getting a lot of good traction Mm -hmm. out of and kudos to her for working on that. And yeah, I think it's just a sign of the times. I think it's kind of just been building to what we've been talking about for years and years. People don't care what you do. And more importantly, they know what you do. That your audience knows what you do, people. Please stop putting shit out there about mortgages, about real estate, about your insurance, about your financial planning. Your audience knows what you do. If you're attracting an enormous volume of new audience, then maybe sprinkle that kind of thing in there. But people want to know who you are. They want to know that they have a relationship with you. They want to know that you care. These kinds of things. Every one of us, pretty much everybody that's still in the workforce, pre-retirement, and certainly people that are running in our age group, I'm guessing that you and Jen are a whole lot closer in age than you and I. Um, (laughs) But all of us have been somebody's target audience since birth. And we're sick of it. Yep. Be a human. Make connections. Yep. Show people who you really are. Be authentic. Be transparent. And you're yep. going to have so much more success than being a mortgage machine or a real estate machine, which, yeah, just drives me nuts. Right. And I, yeah. you know, it's really, I think it's kind of ironic because some of the people on social media that are doing, you know, just... They're putting out videos all the time and it's a great thing. And they're educating their audience. And I know that like reels and TikTok and all that, they love that right now, but they're forgetting to sprinkle in anything about themselves. And so it's not creating that depth, you know, like they're getting a lot of like exposure when it comes to mortgage stuff. And so it's like, oh, they know a lot about this, but they're not showing anything about really who they are as a person. And you just, you can't forget that because to me, that's where it really makes the difference. Cause it's like, okay, I have these two people that both know a lot of stuff about mortgage, but this person really only seems to know like that's really all that they talk about. But like this person's a mom and she's got kids and they do this and they do that. And you know, like you have to differentiate yourself in one way or another. And if the only thing you're putting out there is just mortgage knowledge or just insurance knowledge or financial planning, whatever it is, real estate, whatever you're doing, Um, You just you have to set yourself apart, you know, and that's what's going to attract more of an audience to you. Yes, there are people out there that get their mortgage knowledge and real estate knowledge from TikToks and reels and whatnot. But at the end of the day, what's going to make you different from anybody else if you're if you're just putting out the same information that they could find from 100 other people? Well, and here's the kicker. If there is a doable deal, a mortgage, uh, a real estate transaction, whatever it is. I've got news for all of you. If I can do it and I know what, you know, rates, terms, fees, cost payments are going to be, it's exactly the same for Michelle. 
<laughs> it's going to be exactly the same. If it's doable, I can do it. She can do it. And literally yeah. rates, terms, fees, costs, payments, down payments, all that going to be about identical. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're missing the boat here because we'll talk a lot about the fact that I used to believe 80, 20. I'm siding more with Jed now these days on 90, 10 personal content versus work related content and we've made a pretty significant shift in our focus certainly with our coaching clients when it comes to short format video reels tiktoks shorts because not only is this an opportunity to have that 80 20 90 10 whatever ratio we're gonna jen and i'll uh, duke it out and figure out what's better although <laughs> i'll tell the truth jen's right um <laughs> and because it's short format video it is a ridiculously great opportunity to have that authenticity, to have that transparency. And yet we're still seeing a lot of people that are using it as a platform to talk solely about their business. Yeah. And not to talk about who they are. They're still just talking about what they do. Right. Right. And to me, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I think that those people are going to get, they're going to see business from it. Right. It's because it's just a numbers game and they're probably going to get a ton of leads and all that. But I think when you don't have that depth there that, you know, for me and my business, we're all about repeat and referral business. We run very similar to the way you do, Adam. And so, um, you know, for me, I don't want to just do their loan the first time. I want to do it now and I want to do it again when they refinance and I want to do their kids loans and, you know, and their coworkers years. and their other relatives. And, yep. Yeah. And if all I have done is shown you enough to get you to call about your one transaction right now and then you forget about us like that's not really our intent, you know, um, and when wait, you wait know, you're you're not quicken. I know, right? The rocket, whatever they're <laughs> calling themselves now. Exactly, exactly. And, and and that's why it's just a different business model. I get it. 100%. It's a it's an assembly yeah. line, red stamp, green stamp, that kind of thing. Yep. And even when they're in a position where their business practices lead to fines, that kind of thing, they don't care. Just pay them and move on because yep. we're moving so many people through our. That's right. To them, the fine is worth it. You know. Yeah, and absolutely. It's, for, I guess I'm not going to say us little guys um, because I don't, you know, I don't view us that way. But for those of us that are not running massive businesses where it's just about, you know, the number Logging of leads numbers, coming in the door right. and funneling down. Um, yeah, we're, I'm not okay with that. I mean, I just went through my first audit um, of, of our company about five months ago and um, COVID got our state way behind and we came through it with, like, you know, we did great. It was a, it was great. It was super stressful being my first time, but, um, but I'm so glad that we went through it. It, but, you know, I look back on it and I'm like, there's so many people that are like, oh, who cares? Just, you know, they're going to find stuff wrong. Just pay the fees, move on. And I'm like, how do you, how do you operate no. with that mentality? No. Like that is not, that's not how I run my business. That's not who I am as a person. So thanks for that bit of advice, but uh, that's not what we're doing here. All right, so Michelle's first time is a totally separate podcast, but uh, we actually should probably <laughs> plug that. We should talk about that. Are you guys still doing Blondes Have More Funds? So we are. Um, we are doing it. We actually had really big plans to like relaunch this year, um, did an incredibly fun photo shoot, got tons of content put together, and then I found out I was going to be going through my audit. So uh, that literally derailed me for about 45 days 
then um, once I started to wrap all of that up is when Ashley started kind of transitioning over into her new position. And so um, now that she's getting there and she's kind of got her foot in um, and getting, you know, just more used to what is she's doing, I guess, in her new role. Um, hopefully it won't be much longer and we can really get our schedules kind of aligned to um, to get it going again. Because, yes, we have a like we've literally just got tons and tons of content ideas and um, different, you know, show show format stuff. And so we're really excited about it. It's just timing wise has been really difficult. I think if she was down the street like I wish she was, we'd probably it'd probably be a little bit easier. But um, but yeah, it's it is we're still it's still definitely there. Um, we are planning to dig in a lot more. It's just been a really crazy timing thing this year. So I'll put the content because of her change in her role. Yeah. Will actually be really, really cool. Cause you guys have always yeah. pretty much been B2C boots yeah. on the ground, this yeah. kind of thing. So for her to have moved to a different pillar yeah, uh, and doing B2B work yeah. uh, should open up some really interesting conversations and content yeah. for you guys. Um, and I think it's important and uh, you know, without, calling you out, even though I'm going to call you out. Um, <laughs> podcasting is, and we work on it with our coaching clients. We teach it and we look at different tools, techniques, tactics, and we are, we're here, Jen, near the end of ep of season six. Yep. So we see it right here. Season we've probably, six, episode 36. We've probably done something like 250 episodes. We're this is a weekly podcast for those of you that are new to us. We're completely booked through next year and working on season eight. So we'll probably end up having just with what's booked 300 ish episodes in the can. Okay? Yeah. And it probably took 150 to really start gaining some traction on it. Right. Got to keep pushing guys like everything you do in your lead gen, in your marketing, in your prospecting, you've got to be constant and consistent or you're going to suffer the hiccup that Michelle and Ashley are experiencing yeah. where they're going to retool a little bit, revamp a little bit and start almost over from scratch. And now they're going to have to, again, build up all that traction. Don't let that happen. Yes, COVID happens. Business happens. Family happens. Changing your role, changing companies. That was certainly a big one for Ashley, no doubt about it. Going through an audit, that is certainly a big one. Um, again, Michelle's first time is another podcast completely. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys... Different platform. <laughs> everything that you do. If I were to give our audience... Four keywords, and I actually have a book coming out where I've written on these four keywords, and I titled it The Four Keys. Constancy, consistency, authenticity, and transparency. And you have to adopt, embrace, and execute on all of them all the time yeah. if you want to be in a position where even if the market takes some kind of a significant downturn, like it has for the mortgage industry, like it has for the real estate industry, I'm gathering that there's a lot of suffering when it comes to insurance and financial planning yeah. and um, high-end car sales and all the people that would be in our audience and that make up the, the roles of our coaching clients. If you're doing those four things, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Like, Writing your handwritten notes, your handwritten <laughs> right. cards, 
picking up the phone, doing your short format video, whatever it is that you guys want to be doing in your lead gen work, do it. Just be constant and consistent, be authentic and transparent, and you're going to be fine. Right. And I think that that's one of those things that it's, this isn't a new conversation, right? No. People have been hearing that for this, years. This is old years. Zig Ziglar yeah. shit. Yes. Yes. And it's, um, and, and you can tell people that and you can say that, but people, there's still going to always be that facet of any sales industry that is going to want to be able to just turn something on and expect immediate results from it. Oh, you and mean not work hard, not yeah. put in the time. Yeah. And for I think that those that have the staying power to be able to maintain a long term career in the, you know, especially in this industry, you have to stay consistent. You have to continue to do the things and not expect these immediate results right now today um, from the actions. You know, you might have to start something and it could take six months, a year before you really start to see traction from it. But if you continue to do it after that point. It's like, okay, it took a year. What's year two? What's year five going to look like now? You know, and people just lose sight of that. It's like, oh, I tried that for 30 days. It didn't work. Let's move on to something else. We have processes in our system, including some that integrate with the podcast here that are cyclical in years, plural, before it really generates the results that we would want to see. And a lot of the time when people hear that, wow, you mean it might be three or four years before you really build this up to the point where you're generating a lot of business from it. Yeah. Yeah. But my role is a career, not a job. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. If you don't have that mindset about it, well then guess what? You're probably one of the, what did we decide? A hundred and some odd thousand licensed LOs that have exited the business in the last right. 18, 24 months. Right. So, right. Yeah, uh, that's probably about right. So, yeah, a lot of, again, just work hard for 20 years. And <laughs> exactly. Do whatever you want. This is it's really the best advice science. that you could give right? in this industry. <laughs> yeah, there's no question about it. I also think that it's really important to understand that we need to, at least for now, in my mind, in my heart, stay away from the shiny fucking objects. Oh, my gosh. There's no yes. magic potion. There's no, no. unicorns. Get back to basics, buckle down, get your shit regimented, your contact management, your calendar management, yeah. your social media, your video. Get constant and consistent about it. Get regimented about it. Yes. And yeah, let's tune out some of the shiny objects that you're not going to give enough time to anyway to see if they actually will work. Because it will right. take 6, 12, 18, 36 months for that to pan out. And frankly... You, whoever you are, don't have the patience for it anyway. <laughs> yep. Well, it's one of the things I think that's funny is that we always joke about in a lot of mortgage circles, people are, you know, they'll ask, what's the best CRM? And of course, everyone says it's the one that you use. And you still see loan officers today who have been in the industry, some of them 10, 15 years, who are admitting that they never actually used or dialed in a CRM. And they talked about it for all these years, but they just continued, thankfully, to be successful. And it's like, guys, like you hear this stuff for a reason. Well, and, <laughs> and uh, but you bring up a good point because of where we actually are. So I think if you are a surviving loan originator right now, if you are a surviving real estate agent right now, there are a couple of things that are really, really important. And I, it took me years to see this, but when the market was quieter, our coaching business 
picked up dramatically, right? Right. Because people have time to work on their business. Yeah. So please, for the love of God, all of you, do this. You have time. Work on your business. Yes. Get that CRM dialed in. Yes. Get your systems in place. Figure out what you can systemize and automate. These sorts yeah. of things. Because there's going to be very few of us when things are really, really busy again. You're That's not right. going to have time to deal with it if you no. are not dialed in when it hits. That's right. That's right. And it's this, you know, it's the same thing people were saying, you know, four and five years ago. And here it is having the same conversations again. Be ready because it's coming. But there's still people that are going to hear this and they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I'll be ready. <laughs> and they're not going to do or change anything. You know, uh -huh. this is really funny because I'm watching Jen. Uh, for those of you that are listening to the podcast, we actually start this as a video cast. So uh, you can catch it live and Jen will tell us more about that kind of thing. But I'm watching Jen as we're having this conversation and you and I are relatively well seasoned and relatively successful. And we've been doing this a long time. And this is this is that career. This is that marathon. I'm never going to do anything else. Right. Okay. I mean, this and, is it. Like, if this doesn't work, then I'm just going to retire and, and figure out how to make it work in retirement. <laughs> I just go live under the bridge. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. I'm not really ready to retire. So this is it. This, but I the, got all my eggs in this basket. <laughs> totally. But the people that Jen gets to interact with are either people that we would have on the podcast or run in the circles that we run or at, you know, Fuse conferences, Originator Connect conferences, on and on, or our coaching clients. Yeah. Jen has never met anybody who's failed in the mortgage business. <laughs> right. She's right. only sure. met people that have figured out how to make it work. Yeah. Well, it's funny though, because I, I just had this conversation this weekend though. Um, the relation, it just in sales in general and my background in direct sales. And it's the same shit. It's the it's all the same. Yeah. And it's the people that get in. And Michelle, you said earlier, it's it's easy. And one of my favorite quotes is it's easy, but it's not, or it's it's simple, but it's not easy. So yeah. to get yourself to do the things that need to be done, it's the same right. no matter what your sales gig is. Yeah. And I used to sell LuLaRoe and there it came up the documentary about LuLaRoe and the horrors <laughs> right. of LuLaRoe. And I always roll my eyes because I'm like, that's a bunch of people whining that weren't willing to do the simple shit that needed to be done. I yeah. mean, LuLaRoe paid for my move to Colorado five years ago. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's just funny to me because it's it's all the same. I mean, it doesn't matter right. what you're selling. Just get back to the basics and treat people like they're humans and not dollar signs. Yeah. But it is hard. It is easy to lose sight of the fact that, you know, when you surround yourself with a lot of hardworking people that are top producers consistently year after year after decade after decade, it's easy to like forget that not everybody looks like this, you know, and then you do go to these conferences and you're like, oh, wait, like there are still people out there that are new. There are still people that have been in the business a long time that are struggling or, you know, aren't willing to put in the work and, um, you know, but you're the sum of the five people that you hang around the most. So if you're one of those, then I guess maybe it's time to elevate your game. <laughs> that that's With actually coaching the most, or <laughs> thank you. It's that's actually one of the most important statements that we come across in everything. And we work on this a lot with our coaching clients. You are the result of the five people you spend the most time with, as are your clients and your leads and your advocates. Yeah. You want a really great business model, pick your five best clients. Yeah. Figure out the five people that they spend the most time with. 
Yeah. Then figure out the five people, those five I'll spend the most time with. Yeah. And you can do this relatively easily through your networking, through your social media work, through your audience. Yeah, this is a very important statement. We're not giving Michelle enough credit for saying that uh, out loud because that <laughs> is a very big deal. And yeah, we're going to run over in a thousand ways, Jen, I know, because we could talk we, to Michelle. I think we always do, time. actually. We always do. <laughs> well, it's we all have a very similar symbiosis, a very similar yeah. attitude about how this should all be handled. Work hard. Take good care of people. Do the things. Be regimented. Get your house in order. Yeah. These sorts of things. And gosh, I don't know what it is. I'm not a wicked smart guy. I'm not a Mensa member. It just, the logic, the attitude, the effort. You, these are things that don't require any skill. You just have to show up. Yeah. And well, the three of us, and obviously a lot of the people that we run in circles with all feel the same way. So yeah, it's uh, going to lead to that. There's no question. All right. So Michelle, I promise we're going to get Don on the show. Uh, Jen, yes, Jen's, Jen's going to track down Don Blaze for Definitely. us and Definitely. get him on the podcast because that'll be a fun episode, regardless yeah. of what we talk about. No doubt. Um, no that'll doubt. Be, that'll be a really interesting one. But yeah, we could probably go on and on with a hundred different subjects. So Jen, get Michelle rebooked ASAP. Like very so next opening. January of 2025. Right. Cool. <laughs> well, we already know Michelle won't be retired, that she won't be in a different line of work. So that's an easy one. And we know we'll get to see her again between now and then anyway. Right. So yeah, Jen, take us home. All right, guys, if you want to find out more about Just the Tips Coaching, you can text TIPS to 63566. That text code is on the bottom of the screen if you are watching the video cast. Uh, you can get past episodes of the show. You can get a copy of Adam's book, Just the Tips. I don't have it in my makeshift desk right now. I'm sorry. It's I got you. Uh, thanks. Uh, you can get our weekly little <laughs> tip, which actually our weekly little tip this week is all about how you need to hire an assistant. You can afford an assistant. It'll free up more time um, or using services like a VA or whatever, similar to what Michelle was talking about with her handwritten letters. So that weekly little tip will be live here shortly. Um, you can also book a free hour of coaching with us all the things, just text tips to 63566. This is a nice time of year when you don't have to mention the conferences. It'll be soon. I know. <laughs> yeah, I really know. But yeah, it, it is kind of a nice little like a two break. Month break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Maybe three. No, January, I guess not. Mentioning social media day right. again. Right. And we mentioned it anyway. So here we all are. Right. So here Michelle, you are. Thank you. Clock restarts. <laughs> we love having you on the show. I love you guys too. Thanks for always bringing me back. It's always fun and um, always love seeing your faces. Ditto. All right, y'all. Thanks right. for having me. For everyone else, you can catch live episodes of How I Met Your Mortgage at 1030 Mountain Time on Mondays. Podcast available on Wednesdays on Amazon, Apple, and Spotify. So tune in next week for another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage brought to you by Just the Tips Coaching. We'll see you then.